and welcome to RCA Radio, a podcast where we cover the latest news and challenges in regulatory, compliance, and quality assurance facing the life science industries. I'm your guest host, Dean Kossin. In this episode of RCA Radio, we will be going over how the people, processes, and documentation all come together to make a quality management system. Today, I'm joined by Susan Schneep, who is RCA's Distinguished Fellow and Parenteral Drug Association Chair-Elect. Welcome, Sue. Thanks, Dean. Nice to be here. Always nice to have you. Um, Now, Sue, given that so much goes into it, what would you say are the most important factors to consider when evaluating a quality management system? Well, that's um, very interesting because I quality management system is is a big concept and it is broken down into um, several pieces and I would say those the critical pieces are of course the processes the documentation process in particular and people without people um, the QMS you can have the most robust systems and processes in place but if it doesn't uh, if you don't have the right people in the right roles um, your QMS is is likely to fail or not provide you with the information you need to make necessary changes so one of the most important factors when evaluating the effectiveness of your quality management system is your culture, the culture of the organization um, and whether or not they embrace quality as everyone's job and responsibility. Once you have that down, I think the rest of the QMS system, you can improve, um, you can implement changes to that will make it much more effective but you can't really get there if you don't have that good quality culture i completely agree um now talking about finding the right person for the role you know is there a trick that you've learned over the years or is it really all just luck (laughs) well um it's it's a little bit of both, <laughs> but I'd say it's more um, if you have clearly understand the roles and responsibilities within your organization and have those defined uh, in job descriptions and look for people with the proper and appropriate background or background that that is similar to what you're trying to fill. I think it's very important that um, you also make sure that there's some ongoing training to offer the person once you get them in the role. And you make sure that they have a familiarity with the SOPs, um, that they have an understanding of the roles and responsibilities, um, and they are willing to continue their training and for improvement. I think if you have all of those mm-hmm. um, elements going and particularly roles and responsibilities that are clearly defined, I think you'll be able to find the right people to fit in those roles. Okay. Now let's say, okay, you find the right person. Um, and like you just said, you might have to train them on your own a little bit as well. What can you do to better understand your processes, um, not only the training, but everything you do in your quality management system? And how do you kind of analyze its effectiveness? 
you know, you're going to design programs. Well, there's going to be an onboarding training for the person that you hire to bring into the role. And that's going to be uh, their understanding of the SOPs that apply to their function. Um, but there's also going to be, you know, annual training or yearly training or um, and that would be such as um, annual GMP training, annual uh, documentation training. Um, I also think that there's professional training. So there's always organizations and seminars and webinars that people can attend, right, that um, uh, will enhance their understanding of the job. So I think those things will help a person assimilate into their role in the organization better always. Okay, right. Um, now, as far as your overall QMS processes, um, how do you ensure that they are effective? You know, what are your benchmarks that you're looking at or how do you go back and actually read your data to see that you are doing it the right way? Uh, well, each, each of the processes is going to... Um, give you information and data. And I, I think of the quality management system as some of the elements involved is like your change control system, how that applies. Um, something we would call plan, do, check, act, which is the way of, you know, quality by design, quality risk management, a, a way of implementing changes. And you're going to look at data that comes off of your systems, your environmental monitoring systems, your um, uh, daily um, results from the laboratory, the, the analytical systems. Um, and you're going to look at the effectiveness of the processes and the cleaning process, the um, um, environmental monitoring process, the air filtering process, any kind of preventive um, maintenance processes that you have. And you're going to look for trends and, and anomalies um, in that data and see if there's an improvement. Now, you know, this is not to say you would like execute a cap hour or anything. I mean, let's not go down that path. Let's just say you're going to look at the data as it's coming in real time um, and over periods of time and to evaluate whether you need to make changes in your processes. Have you generated a lot of deviations in a certain area? And then you're going to take a look at what are those deviations and how can we fix them and eliminate them? So that's kind of what you're looking at in a quality management system. I think one of the more effective things, though, that you have to look at or evaluate is the effectiveness of your change control. Because every time you want to make a change, whether it's to an SOP, a process, a procedure, you're going to go through your change control system. And you want to make sure that that is robust and asking the right questions. The last thing that you want to do is implement a change or make a change to a document, a system, a process that you can't implement. And so I think it's critical to evaluate um, change control in particular for the documents that you'll be handling and trying to change um, through the QMS reporting process. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when you talk about analyzing the data, to me, I hear documentation. So how can you ensure that you are documenting correctly and not only correctly, but the first time? Documentation is always a trick. And I think 
you if you understand the importance of documentation in the process, um, people are more uh, less likely to to make mistakes. They're more likely to adhere to good documentation practices and integrity, documentation integrity. What the documentation, why it's so important, whether it's the actual analytical test results uh, that go under the certificate of analysis for your product, or if it's um, um, the environmental monitoring, tracking, and trending that you're doing, if it's the smoke studies that you've documented, um, it's the batch record, the packaging and labeling, all of that information in some way um, is gone once you release the product to the field. Right. And all you have left to prove that what you released and it was safe and effective for the patient is the documentation that you created supporting it. If people understand that that's what you're relying on to say that I did, a, we did a good job. We made products that were safe and effective. We aren't going to harm anybody. Um, patients are going to be happy to take our products because we're really good at what we do. That is what your documentation is going to prove because the product is gone and it is consumed. And that moment is, is gone. And the only thing that supports that moment is that movie picture that you build as you put all of these pieces together that went into releasing the product. So if you think of like the laboratory analysis as a picture, right? It's one picture, one snapshot in time. When you put it together with all of the um, background information, the environmental monitoring, the particulate matter, the smoke studies, the media fills, you're building that moving picture, right? And that's what you rely on to prove that your product was safe and effective and suitable for um, release and consumption. Okay. So a lot of moving parts. Um, that's, you know, why we have people like you, Sue, to help us out because there is a lot that goes into it. It's not one specific thing. As you mentioned earlier, it's the entire quality culture. Um, now just finishing off talking about that quality culture, why is it so important and how do you, from the start, make sure you're doing it right? Well, quality culture is so important. And I like to think of it as the culture of quality. Um, and let's let's make it clear right off the bat that everyone in the organization, whether they're in the quality unit or they're in the finance department or they're in the operations, um, they all must think quality. Um, bottom line, everybody's responsible for it. So why it's so important is it if if you have that um, transparency and everyone understands that quality is the um, role of everyone in the organization from the senior leadership on down, you will be able to make improvements to your processes, appropriate risk-based decisions, um, about your product, you'll be able to make those improvements that you need for your processes. Um, and you'll be able to conduct the right training and make the right changes and have really good regulatory outcomes if everybody embraces it and is transparent when they see an issue. It's when you run away from the issues or you don't want to tell somebody the issue exists, um, you don't want to, you want to hide it 
that you run into all kinds of trouble, um, including data integrity issues. And once you fall, um, have fallen to data integrity issues, you lose all credibility. There's no, you know, you, you can't, if someone's lying and that's what data integrity is, if you, um, Test into compliance. You know, you have an OOS, you don't investigate it thoroughly, you have to release the batch, you just run another test, it passes, you say, okay, good, and you ignore the original out of specification result. Um, who, you know, you're in essence lying. Uh, so who's going to believe you once once you open that door? So it's important. And I think a lot of the international regulations and deal with, uh, if, if you look at MHRAs, for instance, MHRAs, uh, data integrity um, guideline, and they'll say that one of the hallmarks of good data integrity is, of course, a transparent and open quality um, unit and senior leadership establishes that there has to be that recognition that quality is everybody's job and it has to be open um, and people need to be able to report what they see to senior leadership and have it taken seriously. And that's what we're talking about there. Right. Right. And I love that you don't run from the problem. That's, that's exactly everything that we do. We're here to figure out the problem and and create a solution. We're not hiding anything. So I I love that you said that. Um, now we've we've talked about a lot of important things revolving around the QMS. Um, did you have any final thoughts or anything else you wanted to add? You know, just keep um, people should just keep working on it, improving it, looking at their data, trying to make um, as many improvements to for a smooth and transparent process as possible, and always um, think quality and press people to be open and honest and uh, transparent in the organization. Absolutely. Well, Sue, thank you so much for taking the time to go over quality management systems and how, you know, the people processes and documentation all play their specific yet integral roles. Um, Thank you to our listeners for tuning into this episode of RCA radio. Be sure to subscribe to be the first to know when we upload the next episode of RCA radio. And thanks again, and you all have a great day.